0: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Altbrow podcast. Today we're speaking with Charlie Johnson from Ronin Fermentation Project. Charlie's got a long history in the beer industry and I'm really happy I get to sit down with him and share it with you guys. We recorded this at his uh, brewery that he's building out right now uh, up in the what they call La Sierra, uh, Gregold. Mohawk region, uh, about fifty minutes outside of Reno, and uh, we're hoping to do more of these episodes uh, with a mobile, our mobile setup. So if the audio quality from this one is good, I think it is. If you guys are happy with it, I'll probably be working with some other people to record some more mobile episodes. Uh, we're also looking at doing some phone calls. I asked on Instagram if people wanted more episodes. Uh, even if it meant not having the people or our guest in studio, and uh, rather doing it over the phone, and looks like everybody said that that's what they want. So uh, that's the goal. We've been busy. We did uh, Carnival of Time again. We were uh, recently in Belgium hanging out with our friends at Antidote, and our um, our barrels are are coming along. We're looking forward to packaging in the next few weeks, uh, the first couple barrels, and hopefully by the holidays, we'll have some product for you. Enjoy this episode. Again, this is episode 11 of the Altbrow podcast with Charlie Johnson from Ronan Fermentation Project. Uh, So, we're out here in how do you pronounce Gregle? I've heard gragle, gray eagle. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a really fantastic question. I pronounce it gragle. I've heard you say gragle. That's and, why. I, and then I heard, but then yesterday I heard you say gray eagle, but, like but with the eagle. Uh, thing. Yeah, but
1: also like Nick Ziegler from Yakima Chief likes to mention that I like to say words incorrectly, incorrectly just to piss people off. Oh, it's like a bit you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're fucking me up though because I'm just taking your lead. Yeah, no, I'm gonna,
1: I'm trying to get everyone. No, everyone. I even told all like the guys in Japan that it's Eagle. But
0: yeah, I guess it's pronounced Grey Eagle. So we're up But in there's the l- not the letters don't it doesn't yeah. Doesn't make sense. There needs it, to be a y after the a in the or e, or an ea after the e. It doesn't make sense no it's i spelled, know it's spelt gregel
1: i know i know in the town it, the town was a naming competition in like some 11 year in the 1800s and some <laughs> 11 year old girl named it this so like what i'm, I'm sitting here thinking like you know oh, i'm opening my brewery in a town that was named by an illiterate 11 year old t-
0: <laughs> i did the no. tour of uh what's the what's the old ballpark in chicago is it wrigley Yeah, yeah, Wrigley. So I did the tour of Wrigley, and before uh, the Cubs were part of Major League, the MLB, there was like the because there's there was the National League, there's the there was like a couple different leagues. There was the American League, the National League, and then there was another league Uh that was that was kind of like outside. It was a little bit more lawless, a little bit more rowdy on the games. Awesome. And this guy, it's like
1: the XFL. Yeah, yeah.
0: And there was this dude who. He wanted to, to be part of the National League, I think, or the American League. I'm not sure which one. He was trying to buy a team, and they just wouldn't let him. It was all these old money types, and they wouldn't let him. So he just joined, he joined this other league, and they, they won. It only lasted a couple of years, but they were, like, the top team in, in that league. And then when he, they let him in, they did a contest to, like, name the team. And uh, the winning name was the Chicago Chickens. And they're like, no, we're not doing that. And so then they just changed it to, I think it was the Chicago, like, sea lions or walrus. And, like, there's no, none of those animals live in Chicago. What do you, it was just, yeah. So,
1: it's. Well, so technically, if you, if you talk to a local around, you know, Las Sierras here, uh, we, we're in Mohawk. Technically. Right. Gray eagles, technically, a that, baseball throw that way? That street, that main oh, okay. street with all the red houses. Okay. Right? Yeah. Now, you come down here, this is Mohawk Valley. Okay. That we're in. And so that's why that bar right
0: there, that's the Mohawk. Right. And that's like Mohawk Valley Golf. Okay. Yeah, it's a weird area out here, man. Yeah, it is. Driving out here last, uh, two nights ago, getting. I'm glad you warned me about the deer, although I didn't see any in the road. I saw one on the side, but I could definitely see speeding down that 89 it could get <laughs> if, yeah. a, if a deer jumps out i mean that was the spot uh so you're building how, how big is this building this is it's, how many square feet Five thousand. Five thousand square feet and what's the height it's 30 feet 30 tall. feet so yeah it's a big i'm trying to give people i'll post some pictures but yeah yeah it's a big building for it, a small town yeah it, <laughs> it is it is and uh <clears throat> You've got you've been uh, doing some test batches on your uh how big is this little the pilot system here? Uh it's, like it's a five hundred
1: liter system. Okay. Um but yeah, so we we had a uh a little small nano brewery over in Truckee for a while when okay. we were uh kind of trying to stay on the dl because we just weren't making a lot of beer and it was meant more as a like a lab brewery setting where we could test out ideas and Mm -hmm. different techniques um so yeah we still keeping it low-key yeah so we still have that and then we're we're trying to kind of build up to like right this winter of launching with this new barrel house that we were, were almost finished
0: with so for sure so um I came out here we're working on some recipe ideas waiting for you to get your it uh, all licensed and yep. we'll do a formal collab get that out maybe in time for beer week even yeah. SF beer week yeah I think that's get yeah. it out get, I'll br- take some out to Carnival Britannomyces you said it was it Ensenada Beer Week you Ensenada Beer Fest yeah Beer Fest so yeah, yeah
1: my, my my like three big events I feel like the three that I, like I I really want to go to is you know obviously SF beer week as a new Northern California brewer.
0: Right. Right. And then, um, I'll tell you, it's kind of a shit show. So oh yeah, have no, to do no, some I've, organizing on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, Ensenada beer fest because no offense to anyone else that throws beer festivals, but you just go one time. It's like one of the best beer festivals I've ever been to. It's so fun. And, uh, obviously the, I, for years have wanted to go to carnival, but yeah. So that's a, High level, I'm going to try to get
0: out there and uh,
1: attend and
0: mm-hmm. do we'll some. We'll get you out there, man. Get, get meeting everyone. But. Yeah. Uh, I know Art Whitaker's been trying to, we've been talking about, uh, you know, getting you out on the festival circuit. Yeah, yeah. You know. So <clears throat> um, for people who may not be familiar with your story, it's a long story. Yeah. But you can tell as much as you like. If You can give the elevator pitch version or you can get into the nitty gritty. But you wanna just tell people a little bit about your your story, okay, so i'm thirty seven and
1: uh I started home brewing i guess around high school college time, and got my first brewing job at b j s and was like a keg washer and mm-hmm. you know worked my way up and worked. You know, traveled all up and down, brewed in Seattle.
0: Brewed. And for the listeners who, from like, especially outside of the U.S. or the West Coast, what is BJ's like? <laughs>
1: BJ's is a really generic pizza bar chain, brew pub chain in America that meh, makes, you know, meh. They, you know, they'll win some medals at GABF and they have some good brewers. So I'm not like trying to detract from it, many of them. Yeah.
0: But it's you know that like. It's the classic brew pub, American brew pub kind of stuff. Brew pub. Red ale, brown ale, porter, stout. Yeah, I I had,
1: they probably don't remember it, but I had a pour for BJ's at a fest down in San Diego once, and Tommy Arthur and some people came up to me, and one of of his cohorts was extremely drunk, and I don't think this person works in the brewing industry, but they were just, you know, walking around, maybe a follower behind him. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, so, uh... You know you work at the McDonald's of craft beer, right? <laughs> or it wasn't craft beer back it then. It wasn't even. It was what the term craft beer. wasn't even. No yeah. one did craft or independent. Back then it was microbeer. You know you, you work at the McDonald's microbeer, right? And I'm like. What do you want me to say, man? Yeah, we all got to start somewhere, bro.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, BJ's was one of the uh, places that. So coming from Central California, it's not exactly a hip part of california to live in fresno yeah uh bj's is pretty formative for it it was influential for for people like me that you know we got you know when we we started drinking uh imports so like newcastle smittix yeah that's kind of where and then you go to the local irish pub and they have a little bit of a better selection of you know, you get old speckled hen or something. And ah, then uh, old speckled <laughs> hen. in high school, we used to drink old speckled hen. Yeah. Hey, you don't have your license yet. Don't say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it's yeah. Okay. So we <laughs> we started doing um, imports, like better imports. And then, you know, drinking, you find Firestone, Lagunitas, uh, Stone, Anchor, that stuff. Um, but BJ's, besides the fact that they were, there was something that it was like, like you said, micro brewery. Yeah. Um, plus, they did have a list of other beers. Um, that was they were they were early, they were d- an early adopter.
1: The one I the one I worked at, I remember we had Orval.
0: Yeah. See what I'm and saying? They like, actually yeah, had they, d-
1: put, they ended up putting it in a cage, and they were like, "Do not let the brewers have this," because yeah. like I think the first shipment came in, and beer. the brewing staff
0: drank almost yeah. all of it. Yeah. But uh. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important to kind of. Yeah, you got to pay respects to the some of the some of the people who, you know, it, it, I probably would not have it would have taken me longer to, this was, to get into craft. Yeah, I was like know? this was early 2000s too. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so then I worked up in the Pacific Northwest, made my way back down to Reno where I opened a brewery and um I'm not really going to mention the name of it, but I was right. basically kicked out of that brewery. Okay. And then uh, by my partners. I was one of the first to get in the scene. Now it seems like everyone's getting kicked out of their breweries.
0: Uh, it's because, I, I mean, when, we, when you told me the story, when you came over to my apartment, you said in your own words, it was like uh, that you'd admit that you brought in partners because you got a little, you wanted to go a little bit bigger, faster than you should have.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, the, there was a lot of lessons. I had a really large ego and I think that I was really... You know looking back fortunate that that had occurred because it allowed that ego to be kind of beaten out of me So yeah, I had a non-compete thrown on me actually after I was bought out right right? so they buy me out They put a two-year non-compete on me and my my plan was like I'm like Talking with my girlfriend, and I'm like I think I'm gonna go to Belgium I'm gonna just hop on a plane and go to Belgium one way just start walking around well the next morning somebody calls me and they're like, "Hey, I need you to come to Portland and build us a brewery And it was uh, Portland Kettleworks. I worked with them for a while and uh, we built out me and this guy named Chris Sears helped uh, build out and start Laboratory in Portland, which was like a r and d and teaching brewery. So I designed like a course where like their clients who were mostly home brewers, that were starting breweries, they would show up and have purchased equipment, and we would kind of teach them about basic brewing science, and, like... Kind of level up from the home brewing. Yeah, like, like, hey, here's a DO meter. Yeah. You know, this is why you should do it. And, you know, lucky me, though, uh, this brewery is sandwiched right in between, like, Upright and Ex Novo that I'm running. So getting to be in Portland and drink all this fantastic beer from all these fantastic brewers and um, started consulting, working uh, all over the world, working in Japan, Hong Kong, uh,
0: Vietnam, Argentina, Mexico. And this was doing uh installations and build outs
1: yeah building building breweries installations and then a couple of them were like what we call i'm doing some air quotes right now for everyone that's listening um forensic brewing so we would go backwards through facilities that were producing uh, beers that popped for beer spoiling organisms right and like finding where in their process okay yeah Um, kind of messing up. So, but a lot of it was just like going and building facilities and then getting them, you know, up and running. Um, so not like glamorous work by any means,
0: but so this kind of allowed you to stay in the industry and and keep doing what you love without, uh, having the non-compete issue. Yeah. Without breaking that non-compete. Yeah. And then at what point did you, I mean, did you know early on that once that was up, you were going to, so after everything happened, I think my largest inspiration
1: came from like, my friend, Bob Pike, who had brought me a bunch of Paul Arnie's beer from mm-hmm. Ale Apothecary up mm-hmm. in Bend, and I look up what Paul's doing, and I'm like, you know, I, like, I love mixed culture beer, I love lagers, I want to go open something up again. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to open up something small, and I'm going to really just focus on high quality fermentations and working with as much local ingredients and things of that nature that I could um, but the, the idea wasn't totally there right it was kind of just a raw idea and mm-hmm. our name is Ronin that name I didn't actually even come up with it was like given to me by some Japanese guys basically because I was just traveling all over the yeah place. I mean, do you want,
0: and for people who don't know what Ronin means
1: Yeah, Ronin is a uh, masterless samurai or, like, a samurai that's been kicked out of their house or also somebody that's, like, a kind of, like, a student of the old warrior ways. And they're kind of, like, in between areas. And that was always me um, with this. I kind of was in between. I was working all over the place, living out of a suitcase for years on end. Right. Like... (laughs) Had to get two passports because i ended up burning through one you know right. um sounds really cool right getting to brew all the world and, and it, i guess it is in but, retrospect but probably while you're doing it it's a it's wearing on you yeah and then you know the whole time you're sitting there you're like i want to be a mixed culture brewer you know i want to uh you know we'll, we'll have a cool ship but we're not necessarily
0: am lamb brewers by any means <laughs> right um we work a lot with koji uh yeah so that's probably the most kind of unique thing on in the in the small like kind of circles you've let you've exposed it to it seems like there's conversation about what you're doing with koji so you're not uh fermentation wise do you want to explain a little bit about how how that process works for you yeah so we're
1: trying to create alternative fermentation methods and ways to get those sugars and those sources for those fermentations to work. Um, so when we talk about mixed culture, a lot of people are running away from acid and um, we try not to make highly acidic beer but I think acid is a really integral part in a whole sensory for some of the beer that we want to do and we we're really thinking about different types of organic acids. So. Our koji strains that we use are for some acid development. And I know there's, like, some talk out there of doing these quick sours. And ours isn't necessarily like that. It's a kind of a, a different method, of, I and mean, it takes a long time. And I don't really want to go too much into it. If somebody wants to see it, they can come up here and I yeah. can show them. But uh, basically, we're growing this uh, aspergillus mold on our grains. Uh, We have a room that's heated and humidified and we take different grains that we're working with depending on what beer we're making. And we use anywhere from a white koji mold to a yellow Koji, koji mold and a couple different black strains. And we use different hybrids of them depending on what type of flavor development we want. But for us, it was just to think about a different layer of adding a flavor, and it's kind of like a pre-flavoring before you even start your
0: mash. Right. Um, you're kind of setting up um, all the precursors and everything, uh, and yeah. like locking in certain metrics yep. to get like where you're setting the table, basically. Totally. So we're just like, it's kind of like creating mise en place for place yeah. crea- for your plating a dish, dish.
1: Yeah. Right? So we have all these different constituents and wort that we're trying to make that will later, you know, hopefully biotransform into these different compounds yeah. that we want for these beers. So we're just really working on layering flavor and I think Koji was one of those unique perspectives that I got to go work with a bunch of sake brewers mm-hmm. and I'm like you know what I can take this method and uh, maybe it'll work maybe it won't so that's why we had this whole other little th- pilot brewery basically and you know things are getting tested out there and it you know started working and now we start taking data on it and, um, but yeah so we're basically creating an acid profile and one of our favorite ones we do is with this yellow mutant variant that we got from this sake brewery in South Island of Japan and it creates a really nice citric component in the beer. The, is that the sample you gave me? Yes, it is. It was great, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that, and that is just added in the mash really cold. We add in, like I think, around like a like hundred, and then we just start ramping the temperature on the mash up as quickly as we can. And uh, it gets a really easy mash profile uh, the beers get really dry, and then we, yeah, dry hop them and try to let different britanamyces variants biotransform the hops and mm-hmm. all of that and into something that creates some really nice, beautiful flavors and a method that might be a little different. So the one that I think I gave you was um, brain food, we call it, mm-hmm. and brain food is like a dry hop
0: koji beer and so so you're mentioning uh hops and like uh how they're playing with this koji yep. ferment you also do some work in the hop world uh i mean you're getting you get to play with some cool varietals and we're lo- the recipe we're looking at building uh we might get to play with some some kind of test hops yeah i have some friends
1: up in the yakima valley and every once in a while they send us stuff and we're like, we want your opinion back on this. So we have, it's a trial hop from Yakima Chief and I believe it's uh, like a kind of um, some nobles that they've taken, that they've hybridized to make a kind of a low alpha hop and it's Mm -hmm. got some really nice earthy grass notes on it but it also has the classic noble yeah, uh, yeah, totally that classic noble, but it also has this kind of like bright kind of candied lime thing. Mm-hmm. A little bit, not a lot, yeah. but um, so yeah, we were playing around, and you have this uh, like
0: what I'm quote unquoting calling the Avengers blend. It's like, yeah, so we've I've started to assemble the uh, <laughs> different dregs and but also lab strains or, or, isolated strains from, you know, I collected some stuff at Carnival Britannomyces. I had people like Richard Price was pouring at the homebrew markets, uh, from Richard's, uh, from Escarpment Labs up in Canada. And so I had dregs from one of his beers and then, uh, Benedict, uh, uh his project Wilderwald, Wilderwald, uh, is in, is in I think he's in Berlin. Yeah. yeah, he's in Germany, and he was pouring. You know, he's he's become one of the the main uh, kind of authorities on like traditional Berliner Weiss. And he I you know he gave me a vial of something, <laughs> and then uh, I have it written down what it was in it. Nice. And then I had uh, isolated cultures from Oakland when I was doing stuff. Uh, we did a yeast hike with uh, the Yeast Bay Nick and Pelletieri. Okay, so we yeah, got awesome. we got some stuff in there. So we have some isolated stuff, but we also have dregs from. Antidote, Phantom, uh, who else was in that? Sante Darius, like so. Yeah, we've just got an interesting, bus mish, mish, mishmash of uh, of biodiversity that we're collecting and building on. And so when we do our our big batch, uh, once you get your license, something we'll use that. So yeah, the, our recipe idea right now we're looking at kind of a mixed culture table beer. Uh, you know oak aged but probably not in the field of like nine to 18 months probably you know, closer to the six month or even depending on how it goes like say we'll t- we'll could, taste it could in be three, three to four, yeah we'll taste it know. in three um yeah you, but nice nine ten play-doh pale golden like yeah yeah pale straw yeah, and we're trying and we're trying to do a lot of head retention so a lot of low alpha hop that hop you were mentioning uh so lots of low alpha in the whirlpool uh and um yeah a couple pounds per barrel yeah 35 bus looking at raw wheat and uh, oats so yeah we'll see we'll do we'll get we'll brew that up in a few weeks or whenever what what time what's your timeline looking like right now well uh...
1: We should be fully up and running with our new brew house from so We got a three th- uh, three vessel, thousand liter system on delivery. Really, they're waiting on me to finish coating the floors. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, as soon as I get that done, we'll bring the system in and start installing it. And um, fortunately, I've had a couple of years of practicing yeah. installing breweries now. One or two. Yeah, a few of them, so. Uh, you know, I think in about six weeks. Knock uh, on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm knocking on a walk-in
0: that was 50 50s old walk-in right now. Yeah, um, we're sitting outside. uh Sun's coming out. About to, I think, it's about to go inside because it's starting to warm up, and you hate your warm weather. I was like, yeah, the red beard.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm notorious for complaining about hot weather like all over the world. I work in Mexico and. I'm like, they call me Guadito, like the little white boy that <laughs> yeah. can't handle his fucking yeah, can't heat. can't hang, man. Can't hang. So, like, I, but uh, I always outwork them. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're sitting out here on the kind of the backside of your building, hopefully six-ish weeks. And, yeah, we've got a disassembled walk-in uh, right behind us. Yeah, another another thing that I got to put together still. But. Yeah. We've That's got okay. we've got a bottle of Phantom in the corner that we attempted to saber last night and it just chipped the glass away. The cork didn't want to come out. But I, yeah, we got it out. Yeah, yeah,
1: I was impressed. I mean we, we actually tried every method that, to like <laughs> like I wish our security cameras were up right yeah, now I recording. Know. That I recorded some like,
0: of it. Raph makes it look so easy, you know, and he's not everyone can be
1: a superstar, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh I was like, I'm gonna, you know, we play we, we play with chainsaws a lot up here, so
0: maybe we can yeah. I'm sa- I'm,
1: I'm gonna work on the chainsaw sabering. I think <laughs> is my next. I gotta make sure. You better
0: that... get you better get some uh, some gloves, some <laughs> yeah. face
1: mask. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, I don't do chainsaw work as much as like the uh, Michael Dieter and the dudes up at Hidden uh, Hidden Mother Brewing. Um, right, but. You know, I think Paul. Paul was the first to start working with chainsaws on trees and beer in America. Mm-hmm. And then Michael and
0: well, you've built a Kerna, yeah, right? yeah. And so the Kerna is for traditional Nordic brewing, basically as part of your mash, or uh, more like maybe your louder process. Yeah, you're yeah. you know you're basically f- uh, filtering it through a a tree that you've hollowed out, and you can layer it with pine needles or anything else that it'll pick up flavors on the way but it also filters and yep. so we didn't u- we're not going to use it on on, this, on this one table beer, but, but uh for in the future we should definitely yeah this winter we'll we'll uh we'll go
1: look at some of the sugar pines around the area and uh get a permit to harvest one to build a new kerna and yeah maybe uh time lapse to build or something yeah but, that'd be
0: cool yeah Definitely. Well, cool, man. Thanks for having me up here. I'll be back when you get all licensed and we can do the, our brew day. Yeah. And hopefully get that ready uh, for all the festival circuit. Yep, yep, and, for uh, all the,
1: the thirsty people out there. I we, I think we, we have some really unique approaches to how we have some flavors, so I really look forward to uh, uh, seeing what people think of our project
0: and what we're trying to work towards. So. Any any last Uh, words of advice for someone who's trying to start up or build their brewery yeah reach out to me
1: (laughs) Um, no seriously reach out like uh or you know make sure you talk to people talk to other people that have done it and uh you
0: know don't live in a bubble and just think you can handle it
1: well that and also think about how much debt you're taking on uh or how big you really need to go maybe maybe you can start smaller we it's a really competitive industry right now, and who knows where the market's going yeah. i'm not, i I don't know anything about that. I only know about making beer, but um i you know the people I see doing really well all over the world, not just in like one little area, it seems that they manage their growth and that they manage. You know their quality so i think as long as you're focused on those and you're conceptualized and you have a concept that's something new that you're offering then you're gonna be fine
0: cool well hey man thanks yeah thank you cheers, cheers.